Welcome back to the She Does This podcast. I'm Geordie Lucas. I hope you've had an amazing week. This week's episode is a day late because yesterday was my birthday and I took the day off. My mum came over and looked after my daughter. I took myself out, got my nails done, some retail therapy. It was lovely. This week on the site, we have a counsellor and psychotherapist share seven ways that you can help a friend who isn't coping mentally. We so often see the hashtag, are you okay? But I feel like there's not a lot of education and tips around what to do when the response we get is no. So that's a great one to check out if you have a friend that needs some help. Now you may or may not have known, but last week was Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And out of all the episodes and all the guests that we've had on this podcast, disordered eating and body image issues are probably the most prominent theme. So I thought this week I would share some of those important conversations. Again, I guess if there's anything that I'd like you to take from this episode is that you are so much more than the size of your genes or the number on the scale. And I really hope that you feel that. But if you are struggling, I want you to know that you're not alone. And maybe this episode might give you some comfort or the courage to start loving yourself and your body the way you deserve to be loved. Now, first up, I want to take you back to my chat with Evie Jones. Now, you'll probably remember Evie from her Gogglebox days when she was sitting on the couch with her best friend, Angie. But Evie really opened up in this episode about why she took a stand against weighing herself when she was in the jungle on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. A content warning that we do discuss sexual abuse in this interview. But here is my chat with Evie Jones. It's a really fascinating show because we see this different side to celebrities and one of the things that you opened up about in the jungle was your history that you've dealt with an eating disorder for a lot of your life yeah obviously this is being a female podcast I think this will be something that so many listeners can relate to because I will have had some sort of warped relationship with our bodies or food yeah I think 99% of women and unfortunately now men we're starting to include them you know, we're not getting better. We're actually yeah. now just making it um, easier for men <laughs> to be included yeah. and, and judged, you know, on on their bodies, the way they look and things like that. Can you tell me a bit about your experience with with this eating disorder and how yeah. how it's affected your life? Well, for me, it's uh, I was sexually abused as a child for a long time and it was a um it became um food became the only thing I could control so very very similar story to many um people who have eating disorders comes from a trauma um and that uh and the weight gain just came with um binge eating so that became disordered eating um that just became part of my life um and the funny thing is that the the you know I've done so much therapy about it now and so much education about this kind of trauma um and about how just how an eating disorder is so perfectly made for especially sexual um abuse because when you start eating, your body changes. And when your body changes, often your perpetrator doesn't want, you know, isn't 
um, you're not the child that you once were. So it's funny that it, it works in this subliminal way. Um, so for me, I was becoming less of an attraction for my abuser um, while I was becoming less of an attraction for the world to you know, look at, um, oh, you, you're, what are you doing to yourself? Like that, that dichotomy of having no, no help from one side, the whole of society saying, um, you're a really bad person because of what you're doing to your body and how you're making yourself look and you're not being accepted. We can't accept you like this. We just simply can't. So it makes you eat more. It's just this vicious cycle and you've got this other side of, you know, this complete um, abuse happening that you can't talk about because most of the time women are not believed. So, and and you're told that, you know, it's your shame. So there's... All of these things, you know, this is now something that I've had decades of therapy for and decades of education and decades of conversations with uh, trauma victims, Um, not just Mm. sexual, anything like domestic violence, um, all of the kind of things that drive you to any kind of obsessive um, compulsive um, behaviours that... um, you're trying to deal with that at the same time. And that's, I think, for me when I was in the jungle and I saw yeah. scales, they were so much more triggering than I think they are so triggering for so many people. But for me it was a personal, oh, this is taking me to something that I've worked really, yeah. really, really hard to um, be able to deal with and choose not to be anywhere near this kind of mm-hmm. a, a world um, which is a world you're living in constantly. And so you're battling it all the time. So when I saw those scales, I was like, oh, this is this is not for me. Um, and I'm going to say something because, you know, you, the older you get, the more you get the voices, the more bigger your voice gets. And you're like, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks anymore. And even if I just help one person by saying this, yeah. I don't care. Like I had the entire crew while I was saying, um, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be. I want to. I don't want to weigh myself. I don't want to be celebrated for any weight loss that I'm doing in here because I'm starving. Yeah. Um. I had like crew crying. Like it was a powerful, powerful moment. It to watch. It was for me. It's like it was. I had like a, the doctor, the resident doctor, come up to me privately afterwards and say, "I would just like to say thank you for that." Because he said, just, I come from a family of women like you. And he said, just, I know how proud they would be if they were here right now. And that that would have done enough for me, um, you know, but the fact that it's had such a lovely um, roll-on effect and given me the opportunity to be able to talk yeah. to people like you and to talk to other women and men, of course other men, men but unfortunately I... I see so much of this happening yeah. with women and still being um, happening to women. And even without any trauma, just the world that we live in of um, you must look a certain way and the fat shaming that goes on. Like it's interesting watching the fat shaming during COVID, like people making jokes about COVID kilos and all of this kind of thing like you should be so ashamed of yourself you, you you're the butt of a joke if you've gained any weight during COVID 
Um, It's it's still, you know, we have actual professional educated adults who work in an industry where they still, where they're supposed to know better and they still will judge you on your health because of the the fat on your body. And, it's you know, we're fighting so hard for all these anti-discrimination things, but fat shaming seems to be okay. It really is your fault for being fat and you should be really ashamed of it. And that, unfortunately, even the most educated of people still have that mindset. And I would love to see it, you know, really blown apart. And you can listen to the rest of that episode with Evie Jones at shedoesthis.com forward slash listen. Next up, let's hear my chat with Sammy Leo. Sammy is an influencer, the founder of Breeze Balm and an incredibly successful curve model. Sammy opens up about her career in the industry so far, the importance of inclusive sizing and why all women deserve an amazing shopping experience. Here's my chat with Sammy Leo. If there is a shoot opportunity, I feel in my responsibility for curve women is to be out there and showing them that what sizes fit and how it looks on me. I want other people to feel confident in their own skin and I I feel like it's a responsibility for me to, to show them that you can look beautiful in a pair of jeans. I bought an article of clothing online the other day and something that this particular brand was doing, which I've seen more of lately, is they'll have you know, your standard image of the size 8 model, but then you'll also be able to see images of a size 12, 14, 16, you know, upwards, different models and body types wearing the article of clothing so you can see what it looks like on each body type. Yeah, and sometimes it looks completely different. Um, I have a friend who has just rebranded her bikini brand um, over in LA and she now has shop your size based on the model. So you can pick what size you are and they have every single model for the size and you you can go straight to that and you can see her in all the bikinis, which I think is fantastic. With Breeze Balm, we, we started in 2016 and I just kind of used myself and my friends, but as soon as I could... When we rebranded in 2018, as soon as I could pay for a model, I said, I want someone that looks completely different, super dark skin and gorgeous. Like, I just wanted someone different. And we had Cass, who's absolutely amazing. And I just feel like, why haven't people included beautiful women from all different shapes, sizes before? I don't understand it. Um, but I'm really proud of Breeze Balm for always thinking about that. We had a lipstick launch. We had a redhead. We had like all of these. We had a boy for yeah. makeup, which I feel like people use. Like I think people just need to show because everyone is different in the world and everyone's going to relate to someone different. And it's so important for young, younger boys and girls to see someone in the media that they can relate to. Look at all social media. So many young kids these days say, I want to be like this YouTuber or I want to be like this social media influencer. So I think as influencers too, we need to think about the things that we talk about, the things that we promote, and really think about the people that are watching as well because you can have a different age group. You know, I I keep in mind that there's maybe 13, 14-year-olds still watching my stuff. 
I think so many influencers are irresponsible with their messaging. So I loved hearing that Sammy takes it really seriously and doesn't forget that there are young eyes and ears watching and listening online because we want this next generation to love themselves. And I also think that we should be using social media to hold brands accountable for their marketing and their level of inclusivity. Regardless of whether you're an influencer with 100,000 followers or 50 followers, social media gives us all the ability to make our voices heard and there's strength and power in numbers. So if brands aren't being inclusive these days, we have the power to put pressure on them to change that and that is amazing. Last up, let's revisit my chat with Tully Humphrey. Tully is an online influencer and she's also the founder of her own activewear label, Tully Lou. In this little snippet, Tully opens up about her road to recovery. And if you've been suffering with disordered eating or body image issues, I hope this inspires you to start your own healing journey. How, how did you, what were those first few steps of, okay, I have an issue here I need to get help. Like I know people that I've encountered when they first, you know, realized that they needed help, there was there's a struggle of you don't want to let go of the behavior because it's a control thing, but you know that there is a problem. So what was that like? Yeah, definitely. It is such a control thing. Um I remember so leading leading up to when I did get help and kind of was aware that I had a problem in the I'm quite a smart person I kind of and I'm very body aware I'm aware I knew at the back of my head I was doing something wrong like I knew it wasn't right but there was a chemical imbalance in my brain that just like just let me keep going 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 and um I remember one day mum and dad sat me down actually and they were like look I think you have a problem I think you've got an eating problem and I think you need to go see someone you're not going to school tomorrow we're taking you to we're going to drive you down to the city and you're going to go see a psychologist that was probably the most like terrifying slash amazing day of my life because half of me knew I needed help but the other half of me was so pissed off at them because I was not getting away with it anymore um so I felt and I also felt hurt in some kind of silly way but um yeah it was definitely terrifying but it was yeah it was the control thing that I was mostly scared about because I hate change and I Mm -hmm. was scared that if I change any part of my routine, like I also had slight OCD, that I would get fat. And that was my biggest fear was getting fat because for me getting fat was I wasn't going to get accepted. You know, I wasn't going to be loved. I wasn't. It all comes down to that one bloody comment. Um, So I was terrified but also kind of happy in a way. Yeah. So what was your recovery like and then why was the decision made for you to leave school? Was it was it just not enough and you needed to just get more help and assistance on a more full-time basis? Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely I needed to really concentrate on, for me going to school, like I was doing the sneakiest stuff at school. Like I wouldn't let mum make my lunch. I would um, make my own lunch, but I would put crazy stuff in my sandwich. Like she wouldn't know, but I would put like, Uh, soy sauce all this stuff so I knew that I wouldn't get tempted to eat the sandwich so for school for me was very unhealthy because I would literally go the whole day without eating drinking water because I had this weird thing that water would make me fat I don't know why 
it was just all this crazy stuff in my head. And for me, school was a really unhealthy place to be because I was so unhappy and I was comparing myself to everyone. Um, so the decision was made for me to only have a year off school and really focus on the recovery. But I ended up just quitting school completely and not going back. Mm. Um, and for me, I just really didn't enjoy school and it made me so unhappy and sad and that really when I was in that headspace it actually made me spiral even more yeah so that was the decision and like I said I had every intention of going back but I just came to a point where um I think at the end of the day mum and dad were like your happiness is the most important thing Mm. and you're still not happy and you still have to focus on your recovery so yeah Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the She Does This podcast. If you have got something out of this episode, I would love for you to subscribe, rate and review on your favourite podcast platform and stay tuned for next week's episode. And if you are struggling with any of the issues that we've covered this week, please reach out to an organisation like the Butterfly Foundation. I will chat to you next week.